0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sanderlanch podcast. Today, we are talking about The Lost Metal, book four of the Mistborn Era 2. And we read chapters 50 through 57. So eight chapters this time. It was a big chunk. I am Data, and with me is... Jamie. Joe. And Dak. Yep, we're all back this time. Everybody's feeling okay today. Yay. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: uh, mentally, I'm maybe not the best, but, you know, it's fine. Well, you can only ask for so much. Right. Time. But uh, in these chapters, we get uh, Marisai, Moonlight and Soul get into a fight or two. We find out, uh, I, I think, pretty much with certainty, the, the true identity of Midnight. And uh, Wax and Wayne or mainly Wax, really chases down uh, some some trucks to look for evidence and then get some beer. And finally, Marisai finds something that we've been looking for for a long time now. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. Well, yeah a lot of chapters this week a lot of uh I don't, I don't know a decent amount of stuff happening some some interesting action bits and stuff what did you guys think of these eight chapters
2: yeah we're definitely getting into the shorter choppier chapters which is that i think i've said every book it's the exciting phase things are happening quickly you know we know the lights are the sun's going down and tonight's the night it's all gonna come to an end so also, some pretty cool visuals in this one. Twin Souls, Rockman, was quite cool. Oh, and the, the women—we have a resolution on where they are. Hooray! Hooray! I was so excited, so excited that we finally got there, and it's actually been addressed. And that just made me really, really happy cool to have it confirmed. Mm-hmm. But to have you know, Shai's identity confirmed as well. Just having a look at oh well, Hafey got an Elantrian, was kind of fun as well. Yeah, I, I really liked all the little bits, and I feel like I'm so glad we read all of the bits that we did read. I mean, you wouldn't have had a clue that, uh, that they were going to be brought up in here, but it was really nice to kind of see them all come together. If, if you hadn't read Elantris and the short stories that we've read, like you'd be like, okay. Awesome. Yeah, that
0: would have made no sense. If, you hadn't, if we hadn't read Elantris and Emperor's Soul, we'd have no idea what was going on right
2: now. Uh, Yes, it would make absolutely no sense. So, yeah, so that we read those when we did.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, we would not be reading this book if uh, we hadn't already already read Atlantris and I was sitting (laughs) here thinking, like, should we read this book next? Should we not? I think that it would have to be a no if we hadn't read those things already.
2: Oh, 100%. We would have to wait. Yeah, it just, it wouldn't have the same impact. We'd read it and be like, cool. There's some names and some things. That's, That's fun. And then, you know, whenever you'd scheduled it, Later in the pile that would be like, oh,
0: <laughs> that you, you guys don't know if there's uh, there's other things that are in those other books that we haven't read that you've uh, missed out on so far. So there could be something equally as interesting that uh, they, you're like, they
2: could, but we'll, you we'll decided you to leave it.
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I feel
3: like if there was something equally as interesting, if we'd know that we were missing out on something because these are all main characters to the story at this point. Yeah,
1: it's like yeah, the, it's, it's like a background thing. They didn't exactly shy away from showing off the soul stamps and shy.
0: A uh, major style? story point here <laughs> is,
1: like, turning on Shy using attention. her power, so it would be yeah. If we hadn't,
0: uh, if we hadn't read that,
1: that. yeah, yeah. If, yeah if, if it was something that big from a book we hadn't read yet, we'd just be like, the fuck was that? And you'd be like, yeah! <laughs> uh, what was that? Huh? <laughs> what could it I Dana, be like
2: i realized that we're quite early in the in the episode but did you have anyone like suggest not to read lost metal like of our of our listeners like to wait or was everyone pretty much on board or you just didn't throw the question out
0: that is an excellent question i don't know that i asked uh, people like hey what do you think we should do but that obviously doesn't stop people in like the discord from giving opinions because we we paused for two weeks to read Perfect State while I decided, are we going to read this next? So everyone mm, knew yeah. that it was a question that was raised. And I think most of the people were like, yeah, you can read this next. There were a couple of people who were like, well, I don't know. I mean, I could kind of see it going either way. But I think, uh, I think more people were like, yeah, you can go ahead and read this. Cool. Yeah.
3: Makes sense. I mean – I feel like we've read, and of course we d- we haven't got to the end yet, but I feel like we've read just enough to to be kind of comfortable in this book. The one guy that we didn't know anything about, you basically were able to explain, like, yeah, he's not really in any major
0: works at this point, or his his type of species That's or whatever. That. Yeah, yeah. So it wouldn't have made a difference how long we waited because that is not information we would have gotten unless you know a new book gets published that we don't know about he's working on yet yeah Yeah. so yeah everybody even
3: even people who've read all this stuff would be on the same page with that guy yep more or less yeah i I enjoyed these chapters i think my favorite part honestly was the kind of weirdness like quasi falloutness of the community that was kind of a really cool thing and it's kind of fallout huh i hadn't thought of that. yeah and it makes a lot of sense for the what basically what we had seen before because we were theorizing like they were making the movies to show autonomy. It's like, well, that doesn't, does that make a lot of sense? I don't feel like it does. So this made much more sense that the reason they created this stuff was for, for these people. And it also makes sense why they wouldn't run away because they believe something else has happened. So, yeah, that was that, – that was – really cool kind of idea and and way to pull that off. And especially because, you know, we're talking about something that happened four books ago, Mm -hmm. not only that, but you know, as you've told us, it's like, uh, the original book wasn't even, Brandon wasn't even sure if there would be like a sequel to that book when he wrote it. So you're talking about something four books ago and we weren't even sure he wasn't even sure when he wrote them getting kidnapped and then didn't resolve it, that this was going to, they were going to have a resolution to it. So that was, that was pretty cool. And so I'm excited to see where that uh, where that portion goes. Yeah, and her becoming an Elantrian, I was just like, oh, that's so awesome. I was like, way, way, to, way to successfully use The Pure Door. And it's funny to, to me and as a reader, and I'm sure it is to anybody who read that section, it's like, we know what's going on as a reader, but our character doesn't, which is kind of funny. It's like, oh, we know what she just
0: did, but the character doesn't know what she just did. So it was, it was a fun, fun uh, moment. From Marisai's perspective, that is, like, the most bizarre thing. Yes. turns into a completely different person. Not only that, but, like, a glowy-skinned, like, being who can, like, draw stuff with their hand and make magic. Right.
3: And interesting to note, the most interesting part to me about it was that somehow that Elantrian knew they were on a different planet. So they drew, they changed the way that their magic works. So it would work on Scadriel, which I thought was really mm-hmm. interesting. I wonder how she kind of figured that out. But yeah,
2: we've had a couple of times where Brandon's written about something that we, the reader know what's happening, but the character doesn't. And I think it's really cool the way that he does that. Cause you're, you're getting bits of information, even like the pronunciation of, of names and words and stuff. And you're like, He'll, he'll change the spelling. I think he did it with Melan that she was Milan when it first, we, we first got introduced to the character and it was that penny drop moment that it's like, oh, it's their understanding of how it's, it sounds rather than knowing how it's spelt. And I think they did that a little bit with Shy as well. And then talking about the, the Shayode, even mm. if we're saying it right, I don't even know, but it's, I, I find it really fun to read. When he's done that, because, you know, he's just messing with people and it's awesome. And the characters are going, I have no idea what's going on. And we're going, we do. It's awesome. I just I think he does that really well.
0: Yeah, that's a good point I, that I hadn't really thought of is you're right. When we first meet Melon, it's like we're in Wax's head. And so we see the way. It's the way it's spelled is the way wax thinks the word she just said would be spelled. And so it doesn't give away, you know, with the structure of the word that it's a chondra. And uh, yeah, the same thing here. That's yeah, that's a really interesting point. I'm going to have to I'm going to be on the lookout for that now that you said that. I bet that it pops up all over the place and I hadn't I just hadn't really noticed that much.
2: If you just need to go back and read them again and go, oh, yep. I see the moment that that was dangled in front of us and no one had any idea. Yep.
1: (laughs) Got to go back and read everything again. Oh, well.
2: Oh
1: no <laughs> Yeah, these chapters were pretty good. yeah like like the, the moment where we just vindicated uh, that moonlight was shy we're just like oh yes like we've been calling that since pretty much since you showed up, I think yep so that was that was that was that was nice to be vindicated yeah, I like to you know Trent, like which transforms into an elantrian and starts like throwing out references to all the Elantrian stuff, like oh from the Rose Empire or someone from Viking Pope. I'm like, oh, yes, <laughs> cool. All right. He's still kicking. So you know maybe if we ever get that sequel to Elantris that he's talked about, like that'll be we can see more of more of what's going on there. I really liked just wax at the end of the truck fight truck chase, just saying to Wayne's like, do you want to get a drink? Like, it's just, it it just gave me the sense, like, wow, there really is, like, just a finality to this. Like, this is going to, like, at least one of these two, it's going to be the last time we see them. Whether one dies and one travels the Cosmere or both die or something, it's like, but one of these two definitely isn't coming out of this one. And I know we've been, like, say it's very clearly setting up for Wayne to die, but I feel like, well, maybe that's the, the misdirect that Brandon's pulling on us this time. Maybe it's going to be Wax, and Wayne does go off through the Cosmere, so we'll see where that all goes but um just just that moment where he just stops and recognizes that we just we just need to take a breather for a minute like the world is about to end and realistically we don't have too much of a chance of stopping that we will try but maybe we just need to just regather refresh and go into it you know just 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 a bit easier and i thought that was uh, that was just a really unexpected moment for me and i really appreciated it and yeah like the the underground settlement of all the people that, all the women who had been kidnapped and everything else. And I was like, I don't know what I expected. It wasn't this. It is a cool idea. Gave me very cult vibes. Mm-hmm. Like, we, antron has got some Kool Aid prepped for you people or something. <laughs> Just really, really uncomfortable vibes throughout that whole thing. I don't want to say Stepford vibes, but I'm trying. I'm trying to. St- I'm struggling to think of like another one of those like, you know, brainwashed community sort of projects. That it just it just yeah like I had visions of all of them coming in my head as I read that bit and like Ugh. I don't, I, yeah we always we always hated like like uh, Edwan and uh, Entrone, but it's like oh so you guys are actually cult leaders as well
0: Ugh. <laughs> that's true I mean I don't we don't have any indication that like Ed had the same position here as as Entrone does where it's like oh I'm gonna be the mayor of this city also and everyone will know about me it would but uh, no, the
1: well the way the way the people talk just seem to indicate Edwin wasn't a big figure in their lives but he was the master behind, he was the mastermind behind it all like mm-hmm. Entron specifically refers to it as Edwan's community project so yeah. But I mean that that was Edwin's thing he always operated best from the shadows whereas Entron's just like a, everyone will worship me as their leader.
0: That does seem more, yeah. You're not wrong. He he clearly likes the attention clearly.
1: Yeah. Brat can't wait for him to get his
0: I mean, Telson seems to take after her uncle to an extent because she's uh, seems to be more behind the scenes on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But I like we've been taught we, we've been saying for most of the book that there's there's hints here that, you know, like this is going to be the end for Wayne. And it just it makes me think it it's so strong that it makes me think it must be a misdirect. Right. Like it's going to be wax instead. But I don't want wax to die with like his two small children. And like that's that, that'll be so much more heartbreaking.
2: Yeah. I yeah. am I am mentally prepared for Wayne to die as much as I would hate it. I'm prepared for that. If they took wax, I just I don't I just don't think I'll cope with that.
0: Uh, it, yeah. So yeah. it'll it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But yeah, I, I when I got to this point I was thinking the same thing as you. It's like it really seems like they're setting this up for the, for an ending and Wayne may not make it, maybe both of them, but what if it's wax instead?
1: Yeah. I mean, like the last time we had, like we got to the end of a tri- like the original trilogy, we got to the end. It's like both well, both the main characters wound up dying. So who who knows? Maybe Wax and Wayne could both could both go. And um, you know. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like I, I am confident Steris is going to come out of this alive. So so even if Wax dies, the like the kids will still have a great parent.
0: Hmm, that's true. Yeah, I mean Steris isn't. Uh... I guess, I mean I guess she's in the middle of the city that might get blown up so we can't say she's not in uh, as much danger but uh, it's a different sort of danger I guess
1: Steris is going to find some way to unfuck this whole situation. You watch
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's
1: her official title Steris the unfucker.
3: Steris saves the day. Not calling it.
2: We joke that that's my title at work. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that was uh that was good. That was my nickname in high school actually, the unfucker. <laughs>
0: Uh, okay i guess let's 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 get into these chapters so at we ended last time with Mariside being like we need to save these people who are going to get murdered and moonlight being like i mean come on do do we have to like we have more important shit to be about but so she's got them she's like we're doing this thing and so they make a quick plan they're going to go in she's going to catch some people in the cube they're gonna take them out they need to do it quietly though And then she accidentally catches twin soul in the cube also and not like at least one of the guys she was trying to catch. (laughs) So she's like, oh, sorry about that, dude. And then there's a fight. I mean, it's 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 not as interesting uh, an action fight as we've gotten several times so far because it's more personal. Uh, Nobody's really superpowering much here, but uh, it's it's a quick, brutal sort of little fight. And it ends with her having to save Moonlight by shooting a guy with the rifle which is bad because it alerts everyone else down here that something is up and we find out that the people who that they're they were saving are not the missing women as jamie had theorized last time and it 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 made a little bit of stir in the discord where people are like wait a second like when she said that i was confused like did i not remember what section of the book we're in because they don't find the women yet (laughs) which i had the same thought actually when we were recording that last one and jamie's like and here's those women and i was like wait what Really?" But, uh, that's just because i knew where we were going and you, know, you guys did not yeah so, uh, and then i you're... started
2: reading these chapters and i went that's not the women <laughs> 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 how many people are these people kidnap <laughs> apparently lots
3: yeah uh, well to be A fair really these, these people these people were gaves people because he was like ah, i don't like what you're saying about me yeah yeah these are his uh, political prisoners
2: yeah, it makes off. sense now, but when you have to stop at certain points in the book because you're not allowed to continue reading, you make a <laughs> Yeah. The
0: right.
2: whole point behind the predicament section.
0: <laughs> yep, exactly. No, yeah. That wasn't even a
1: predicament, though. That was, uh, oh my god, we found them. Everyone's gone. There it... no, you have <laughs> it. Where you at? Not, not
2: yet.
1: <laughs> you're almost there, but read not quite.
2: She read too many things. If chapters. you haven't even proof that I haven't read ahead, that's what it is. Yeah,
0: there you <laughs> go. There you go.
3: Definitely did not read ahead on that one.
0: Oh, goodness. So, yeah, they're uh, they also find a book that the evidence that got destroyed and Moonlight's just like, "Ah, I can rewind that later. It's fine. Which, geez, I didn't even think about when she said that she has a stamp that could fix something. It didn't even occur to me like that kind of usefulness where it's like they've just destroyed evidence. Don't worry.
1: Rewind. That is the unfucking stamp.
0: It is. Exactly. There you go. (laughs) It's just it's, it's such a versatile word. Uh, And then there's some mention of uh, Shadesmar, the dimension overlapping ours. That's how Twinsoul and I got here. And they're like, I mean, Autonomy has – Soul says she has access to some very specialized troops, hard to control, dangerous to unleash, and I know their destructive power personally. But the local perpendicularity is far to the south and carefully controlled. So I wonder if that means—is it the the ghost bloods controlling it, or is it uh, you know the southern Scadrians? Do they have charge of this thing, or you know what's the deal there? Is
1: that what Kelsey was doing in the south, looking for it.
0: Or maybe he maybe he's just visiting the their base there yeah. or something.
1: You know. Yeah. Well, I would my guess would be that's how he
3: originally got to the south was maybe through that perpendicularity. That's how he got
0: like to those people in the first place. Hmm. Interesting possibility. Yeah. It's
1: like, all right, I'm going to take this perpendicularity. Skazerill pops out. This isn't where I parked my car.
0: <laughs> but, uh, so she's like, so the, they can't get them here. Right. And then it's like, autonomy has created such portals unexpectedly and against all understood mechanics on the, some planets. So maybe, and then we, so we find out that we got a guy who's, uh, an advisor to the Senate, the head of the opposition party for the Bill Ming Council. He's like, I, I think I still am. Who knows how long he's been in here. We got the editor of that newspaper who we established in the broadsheet was missing after having opposed the mayor. Yeah, so she's here. That's good. And, and she's like, look, they have some sort of army. Uh, I've been taking notes. So I, I love that. This is this is a reporter here. Newspaper woman to the core who's hiding in the back of the cage waiting to be murdered and taking notes on it.
1: Who gave her a dirt pad?
0: Right? Maybe they're just like, yeah, you can keep your notepad. Who cares? <laughs>
3: she's like, she's like, I, I, I had to carve them in my arm, but I got them.
1: <laughs> she's like, here, take my notes. They're on your arm. Uh, get me, get me an ax. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and so she says, locate a place called the community. I think that's where their barracks are. So the, the the community word about it has been spreading, but we still don't know exactly what it is at this point. And they try to get these people out of here. And here come two dozen guards soldiers really and so things have gone sideways to uh, a a severe degree and i don't know what you guys thought was going to happen here but uh like twin soul turning into a big magical mech uh, was not where my mind went yeah
3: well you know
0: anything's possible i guess
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it was so cool
0: so yeah he's 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 just like okay so i'm gonna need a jar of that investiture yep and then he's like it's morphed time yeah, basically. I mean, it reminds me of, uh, like, I think the monks in D&D can do a thing like this, where they create, like, spiritual, like, hands, or, and eventually, like, a whole body or something.
1: Sort of reminded me of, I think there's a bit in um, Last Airbender, where Ang and Toph are training Earthbending against each other, and they both, like, encase themselves in the Earth and have, like, a visor so they can see out.
0: Mm, yep.
1: It didn't really make sense for Toph, because she's blind anyway, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, she doesn't need a visor. But um, but like that's that's the sort of image I had in my head. He's just got this crystal body around himself and just like walks up the corridor. And I just like, yeah, all right, that's pretty sick.
0: And like Twin Soul says he's going to take care of it. And is like, what? No, I can't let you do that. Like, they're going to kill you. And he's like, I think you're underestimating Silajana and her description because she has no idea what's going on and all and we're in her head. So she's just like so it was like a big transparent rock surrounded him. And then like more rocks started popping up. And uh, from the boulders, there were some smaller boulders, only longer. And eventually she's like, wait, those are like arms and legs. And oh, my gosh. And he ends up a 12 foot tall stone behemoth. And then he has a very dramatic uh, monologue bit, which I loved, where he's just like, behold, and a whole long speech about who he is. And he's basically like, so Siljana says, I have to warn you, you have been given this rebirth to bless, encourage and un- uplift those around you. You've wasted that gift. Lay down your weapons and let us pass, or suffer my wrath. It appears that my offer has been rejected after they start shooting him. In turn, your offer of conflict is accepted. Prepare yourselves. It's just, it's great. I love this guy. Just the best
1: moment. But, well, I tried. Now I'm going to fuck you up. Yep. He gave the, you can't say he didn't give him a chance. Oh yeah. He went on for some time. Like, like I'm sure they had to reload at some point in that spiel. <laughs> right?
0: And so, yeah, it's uh, Moonlight's like, OK, we're going to go the other way. He, he'll, he'll get the people out. It's fine. Like he stands the best chance of anyone at getting these people out of here. So unfortunately, there are signs down here when it's just like, hey, community this way. So all right. That makes it much easier. And so they're trying to sneak to whatever the community is. And they she hears or senses something following them. And this chapter ends with her being like, uh, hopefully we're, we'll stay ahead of it, whatever it is, which even by the end of this section, we don't get like a great idea of exactly what it is i mean we get a description and an idea of like where it came from basically but i want to know more i guess we saw some like hemallergic monstery things in shadows of self like underground mm. fighting wax and tensoon, and we never got much information about them either
3: and I'm that Dave, i think she she references that she says "Well, wax told me about blah 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 so i think that that she does reference that she thinks it's a creature of of similar nature.
0: Yeah.
2: But I mean, you don't know what you don't know either. And it could be any, like, it, yes, it could be hemallergic, but it could be, you know, anything from anywhere through any perpendicularity.
0: It's true. I think she says something about spikes in the shoulders, which definitely hint that that's what it is. But, uh, well, we'll get yeah. to, right there, I guess. We cut to Wax and Wayne, who have gotten to the end of the uh, underground, the sewer tunnel or whatever that they were in. And Wayne is trying to store health, but, you know, it's kind of pointless at this point. And they find a building where the lab presumably was that uh, Antron had all those notes about visiting the lab. And there's it's a warehouse, I guess. And there's guys start shooting at them. And he's like, oh, no aluminum weapons. This is good. They didn't have time to prepare for our arrival here. And out of the warehouse come a bunch of trucks, three that he sees. And so he's like, OK, I'm going to go in the air and start chasing down these trucks. Find try to find which one is carrying the evidence that we need or whatever or the bomb. Potentially, that's the big thing. It's like maybe the bomb is here. And after taking out a truck or two, he starts thinking, wait a second. These trucks are all acting really obvious. It's e- too easy to follow them. And that's when he spots like the fourth truck that is the like secret hidden truck. So these are all decoys. And these guys have aluminum weapons, so that's uh, less good. And this, I, I really like this whole scene. Like, this is a cool wax using C scene.
1: He makes a point saying, like, I haven't done this in so long, and in Ellendale I kept holding myself back for, you know, property damage purposes and stuff like that, and this is him just like, yep, yeah, fuck all that, I'm cutting loose.
0: It really makes you think, like, wait, that was you holding yourself back from property damage? Jeez, okay. Yeah. And yeah, in the end, he stops the vehicle just by, like, Plopping down in front of it, basically, and making himself weigh a ridiculous amount and then pushing on it to, like, stop it dead in its tracks. It makes me think of uh, mm. that scene in The Dark Knight where he, like, gets the truck and makes it flip or whatever. Yeah. It's a cool moment, but again,
3: he drains him his reserve here. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you draining yourself before the final fight? Like, this is not good.
0: Weight, at least, is, I feel like, easier to store up than uh, than health. But I agree, he's draining that's true. a lot of weight here.
3: Yeah, that's true. That's that's one of the cool things I think about Wax's power is like he stores stuff while he like even storing is useful
0: for him. Yep, that that that's that's the real thing about this is like back in back in the day with Sazed, he was like when uh, I think we first see it in the second book when he and Marsh go to the conventicle of Saran. And he can get down to the ground by just storing up a bunch of weight. So he's super light and he kind of floats to the ground. And he even thinks like that there's really not any use for like making yourself way more. He only ever uses it to make himself way less. And I think that probably changes. I think we see him use it to make himself way more like in the big fight uh, at the siege of Luthadel, where he's punching all the Coloss and stuff. But from his perspective, there's not much use for being heavier and here wax Often uses being heavier because it goes so well with his pushing ability. But yeah, he just goes around all the time. At like what, he tells us in the first book at like half weight or something and just is storing weight all the time. But it gets hard to walk if he tries to store more than that or something. Is that what I remember him saying? And when he stops the truck and it crumples like a tire flies off and through the window of a liquor store. And he's like, oh, man, Wayne wouldn't like that. And at the end of this chapter is when he's like, you know what? I hadn't, you know, I hadn't done this in a long time and I loved doing this sort of thing, but I can go flying around the city anytime I want and I can bring Max with me and it's just as good. I don't need this. I don't need this kind of thing anymore, which once again, we get some some great uh, show of how like wax has evolved. Basically, kids can do that to you, make you not need to destroy trucks anymore. I haven't destroyed a single truck since I had kids. So there you go. (laughs) Did you destroy any trucks before you had kids? Not not relevant. Okay. The side um,
1: of him you haven't
3: heard
0: of. But in chapter 53, Marisai and Moonlight are being hunted by something not quite human. This is what we were just talking about. And so I'm trying to. It, it takes a while here where they're like creeping and hiding. And it's just like, I know there's something there, but I don't know what it is. And then all of a sudden, Gave Entrone comes over the speakers and is like, Everyone stay calm. I am in the community making preparations for our new arrivals. This is what we've prepared for. Okay, here it is. So, she watched as something comes into the cavern where they are. It stood on four elongated legs and had an unnervingly long neck with a head that was not entirely canine. It had features that even shadowed evoked an image that was too human. A dog's nose or something approximating it, but human eyes set forward in its skull, which that is, yes, very disturbing. No clothing, no fur, but two spike heads jutting from the shoulders. Yeah, sounds great. Sounds like uh, my favorite thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> people. It reminds me spikes, but who knows?
0: Yeah, who knows? This is
1: exactly the <laughs> spiky people dogs.
0: It reminds me to the description of the, like the, the the elongated legs and like the uh, the long neck reminds me of. Something from a Final Fantasy game, but I can't quite place what what. Uh, hmm. I'm going to really googling this now. Trying
3: to think which one that would be. Doesn't ring a bell for
0: me. It's got like spiky legs, also like like point legs that end in points.
1: And uh, the image that pops into my head for oh, this. things. Oh,
3: uh, are you thinking of Quetzalcoatl now? That doesn't have
1: no, spiky legs. No. What
3: were you saying, Dak?
1: Basically, like trying to picture these things, I sort of picture like the werewolf from Prisoner of Azkaban with human eyes.
0: Interesting.
1: Those really gangly legs that it had, a snout. Yeah, the what thing
0: I mean, with the dog, the dog nose and the eyes, that I can definitely see how that would uh, yeah. by itself conjure that image. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. No, I, li- I like yours better. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Okay, yeah, and here's he, she mentions like Wax had encountered something like this, and so she says that she recognizes it as a hemallergic monstrosity. The Chondra and the Coloss had risen from the Lord Ruler's attempts at using hemalurgy to create something new, and I she she's like, I guess the set is also messing with that stuff. They had found a permutation that was viable but grotesque.
1: I don't want to know about what some of their failed experiments were. If this was a successful one.
0: Right yeah like ugh, there's there's just too much that uh, yeah no, I don't want to know. but this this cavern is divided by a wooden wall and moonlight's like, here let me make a door. We'll pop through and uh, avoid whatever this thing is. And so it says that uh, they slipped into a dim room built up against the wooden wall that bisected the chamber. Two windows looked through it. and so inside she sees a town, neat rows of houses. Lit with floodlights from above, someone had painted imitation flowers and grass on the floor, and she's like, "Oh, I guess this is the community. Whatever, it's weird, but okay." Why would it? And Moonlight's like, "This is weird. Like, I think this is one-way glass. What is this place?" And Maris is like, well, "We could try to escape into there and find out." And Moonlight says, "No, the, those twisted things will follow us." The strain the set has developed can track like a hound, but think almost like a person. So I guess she's run into these before, or she knows about them at least, which uh, just adds to the the creepiness uh, that she's – with what she describes here. And Marisai says, can we fight them? And Moonlight's like, well, I'm not natively a soldier. I can defend myself if I have to, but she needs one of those stamps that we saw before, like the one that turned her into a warrior, because we find out here in a minute that this is – Pretty much for certain. This is Shy, that, uh, who we know from <laughs> before. But I guess maybe those don't work on other planets if she has to adjust the magic. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like she's only been
3: able to make these three stamps so far for traversing the worlds.
0: At least yeah. this way she made it sound earlier. And so she's saying, I have the one stamp that can change me. And Marissa's like, can that person fight? And I was like, I mean, better than fight. But uh, she's not me. I've always wanted to try this specific transformation, but it's dangerous. It won't wear off like the others. It will be permanent until I decide not to maintain it, which actually is a giant leap forward because with her old ones, she had to restamp herself every so every week or something or every day. I forget to keep the the change. So the fact that she can make one that's permanent at all, I feel like is a big thing. And maybe it's something about like being an Elantrian and having like this magical power flowing through you that keeps It's stable. I don't know. But I like Marisai's like, okay, so you're saying transforming yourself into another person. That's not magic. And Moonlight's like, okay, I mean, that's kind of magical. I'll admit. You, You have to understand the door. It all makes sense. And I admit that this whole section, when I read it, I had no idea what she was talking about. I had not even a guess about what this stamp might do until she starts saying, it's like, This will make my make my soul think my parents moved to a different kingdom on my home world and that I was raised and born and raised there. And that's when I was like, wait a second. Yeah,
3: I was even after that. I wasn't sure where she was going with it. I was like, well, that could be,
0: you know, Doc or like we don't know. That's true. But that's that's where I was like the shield can only take you if you're from Aralon or. Duladel, which they're related to the Erewhon people, or Teoda I guess. But anyway, so I was like, now I get where we're going and I am shocked. Shocked, I say. yeah. <laughs> and she, she's like, you're gonna have to re-explain to me why I need to fight those soldiers. Also, here is some information. Give this to me and show me this map. And so it says, unlike Twinsoul, who had tapped the pure investiture like a keg, Moonlight just took it all in one metaphoric slurp. chug, chug. Chug. <laughs>
1: That so, godly liquid.
0: she stamps herself and her hair shrinks to a bob and becomes luminous, but her skin shines even brighter than that. And so once everything stabilizes, she's my thing is we never met an Elantris, an Elantrian rather, who was this pompous. But maybe that's because we didn't know really any old school Elantrians when we were in Elantris because they
1: were all, you know, like in horrible pain. That was that angry bitter old one in secret history who is just like uh you're only god you got me (laughs) that's true we did meet several yeah that's yeah.
2: but also how much of it is what personality she can write in like if she hasn't necessarily what we don't know if she's met an elantrian or anything like that before Mm. it's like this persona that she's written for herself like i assume if i was godlike this is what i'd be like
0: that's a really good thought. I just assumed that if she knew enough to make a stamp that she, like, had gotten to know mm. Elantrians and Elantrian power better. But that's an excellent mm. point, that that just might be what she thinks
1: they would be like. Maybe maybe she's taking the personality off of, like, or has met Elantrians and <laughs> just described them to her. And, like, this, that is 100% how Kelsier would describe someone with, with the godlike powers, probably.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I, I always got the sense in the Elantris book that when they talked about the Elantrians of the past that a lot of them were kind of pompous because they had godlike powers and people worshipped them that's that's kind of the impression that I got obviously the Elantrians yeah. during the course of the actual book itself are not that way because their lives are terrible but
0: that's yeah. just that's just kind of the way it appeared to me that's an interesting point yeah and it, well and most of the people that we met in Elantris that talked about the old Elantrians. It was like, there was a very negative feeling overall about them.
2: Mm. And Great so their, their attitude.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Except for Galadon is the only person who I think we met who actually knew an Elantrian and, and like talked about them in a very positive way or not. He wasn't even that positive. That's because it's Galadon, but like his dad was an Elantrian or whatever. So hmm. anyway, she's just like immortal. How are you child? I seem to be in an unexpected location, and yeah. So she's drawn. She lo- she looks at the map that Marisai is showing her, and she like draws a thing on the ground, a sketch of the basin, but with a strange rune at the center, and that stabilizes like the 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 light, the power in her somehow. And so she explains. Marisai explains like, "Hey, you're in Bilming in the Ellendale Basin. You just drew a map of it on the ground, and that's like huh, so. I did. How curious. So I feel like." Elantrian magic has always been based on the location, and we know that, like, the map of Erlon was drawn into all of the Aeons, like, that's why it stopped working, because the map changed with the the addition of the big chasm or whatever, so I assume that drawing a, a symbol on the ground with, like, the Allendale Basin drawn in there is, like, a a way to direct the door power to this location and make it flow through here like it does other places. I don't know that for certain, but that's the only reason I can think of that she would do that. And it would have the effect that it does. And she's like, did you have a boon to request of me, child, something I can do for you? She's like, well, there are soldiers outside who want us dead. And I'm just like, oh, bother. Who are they? Nasties from the Rose empire or another group of worms faithful come to waste their time trying to fight their betters. She's She's so pompous, but I love it. It's great. Yeah, take
1: that, Viking Pope.
0: <laughs> Suck it. Uh, she smiled through two perfect lips, blessed from within by her natural brilliance. Just Even Marisai's description of her is just so... Whatever. Anyway, um, Marisai's like, No, I mean, they're just bad people. We had a plan. We? You and I, before you changed? I have always been shei, blessed of the She'od. And the She'ai thing just makes me think, uh, because you know, all the, all the pronunciation of names in Elantris were weird and it was partly because they were, they're all based on aeons. It's like a pair of aeons. And so you say kind of both of the Aeon sounds, which is why when we read like K I I N as Keen, it's actually like pronounced Kai And uh, somebody pointed out in the discord the other day that the, the girl who shows up in this book, Keen's daughter who we called Casey uh, it's written K A I C E. Apparently the pronunciation is actually K ice, which is, weird and i refuse to say that
1: i I see how they got there but it's like it's very hard to discern that from reading it yeah unless you have like you know the aeon dictionary of pronunciations
0: exactly but yeah i guess this is what shy's name would be like if it was based on aeons instead of her coming from the rose empire it's like shay yeah and so Marisai's like okay whatever i'll just have to play into this it's like oh blessed one your power is incredible and you're being divine please will you grant me a boon why, of course, so polite, a rare quality in mortals. <laughs> and so she gives her the directional information that Moonlight gave her to start with, like, here, give me this information to show her where to go with her disappearing Aeon and how far to go. And so then Shayi uses magic that we've seen before to create like uh, an image, a fake image of uh, Marisai to go with her so that they won't hunt Marisai after they see her. So she's like, yeah, I'll take take fake Marisai, we'll appear to them, we'll disappear off in that direction, and they'll follow us, and you'll be fine. And while is watching this, Moonlight's like, wait, are you still here? Scoot along, scoot along. I want to know what happens uh, after this scene, where, like, where does Shayai end up, and what does Shayai end up doing when she's, she's end up, like, on the streets of Bilming, strolling around, like, oh, what's going on here?
1: I got the impression it's, like, the coordinates that she was given will basically pop her back out in Kelsey's little safe house, and maybe uh Casey will will just be like ah, oh, okay we're doing this now. Alright, I know what to do. I've got a, <laughs> you know the back up the backup stamp here.
0: Uh maybe. Yeah that would be a good plan. Uh to to have pre-prepared a way to bring herself back. Because it doesn't seem like Shayai is going to be interested in changing back.
1: No.
2: But maybe uh, Kelfia could bring her back. Hopefully. If she's going to yeah if she's going to the hideout if that's where she had to get to.
0: Yeah. And she's like be certain to deliver the proper offerings for the blessing I've magnanimously gifted you, and be pious in your treatment of your gods. <laughs> says, like, yep, pious, that's what I'm going to be.
3: Yeah, she's like, I just, uh, she's a survivor, right?
0: Uh, she is, yes.
3: She's like, I just met my god earlier, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, true, uh, I'm, I'm pious. You, you, you actually kind of brought me to that.
0: him. Uh, that's it, she's just, uh, she goes through a new door and, uh, is going to check out what's going on in this place. And we cut back to Wax, who finds a bunch of papers and equipment and three corpses in the back of the truck. No bomb, though. And then one of the dead guys starts uh, having red glowing eyes. Or actually, it's a woman. but And says in a rasping voice, ah, you are good at this. We thought we'd taken enough precautions, yet here you are, breathing down our neck. Such drive, such individualism. A shame that Harmony got you first. I like that there's... Like, some competition for Wax here. Like, all the gods are interested in him. Harmony likes him. Autonomy's impressed by him. And I and I think we're given the impression, to some extent, that if Harmony hadn't called dibs, Kelsier would also be interested.
2: It's good to keep your options open.
1: <laughs> all these gods being so jealous of each other and this stuff. And then there's Death just doing his thing. Because yep. Marsh is the best.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh and and then so he he says Trell and the thing says your sister becomes Trell the name in mythology i prepared for her to adopt but she's not achieved it yet so this is autonomy this is the 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 big guy or, i guess girl we established that uh, she's a woman originally at least although i think well it doesn't matter and autonomy's like don't worry i'm i'm not going to interfere here your sister does not understand this sort of harmony. She pleads with me to act, but cannot see. It is only in the struggle to survive that a person, a people, achieves their potential. So apparently autonomy is all about survival of the fittest.
1: Yep. Proper apocalypse vibes here. Very much exactly what I was thinking, actually. Such an underrated bad guy, Apocalypse. Underrated?
0: People love Apocalypse.
1: Yeah, well, the fans the fans do, but like most mainstream exposed to him is from that shitty movie.
0: Oh, that's a good point. Which, yeah also, yeah, also, you know, Psylocke got uh, not great show from that movie either, so. Yep. Yeah, yeah. X-Men movie's bad. <laughs> and Wax is just like, okay, so where's the bomb? And she's like, ah, it's not the bomb you should worry about. It's the destruction I have sent if the bomb fails. And Wax is like, I think you're bluffing. And she's like, I don't think whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> you yourself know the strength, the capacity one has in the moments before death. When the soul is pushed to its limit, that's when true exceptionalism manifests. Which, I mean, Wax did get those powers just as he was about to die, and that was probably the most powerful he's ever been. But I don't think you can say it was because he was about to die. Like, Marisai right. brought him the Bands of Mourning. Sure.
3: Yeah, this this type of thinking appears in fiction a lot, I feel like. Uh, for example, I was reading dragon ball super today and vegeta transformed into a new type of guy because he was like getting hurt and so it like triggered him to transform into something he's never transformed into before so it's like you know it's a thing it's like when facing death you find you know ways to overcome it
0: or it's even manifested in real life like adrenaline spikes know, yeah. in times of for duress. Saiyans, it's it's kind of more literal though, because when right. Saiyans get beaten almost to death and they recover, they are stronger. So sure, sure. And I love Wax. Like he's he's very business here. He's like talking to a god, and he's just like, okay, where's the bomb? And then when she doesn't want to answer that, he's like, okay, and what do we have to do to get you to leave us the hell alone? And it's, she smiles. Prove you deserve
1: it. And then she's gone. It just made me think, as so many do. A Futurama, ben, Bender is just looking at the balls just going, "Get the hell off my planet." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, w- I was actually impressed by how reasonable autonomy seems here compared to what we've heard about her.
1: Well, I, g- I guess it sort of makes sense in like from what we know of her, uh, her whole shtick is encouraging people to grow and think and and improve. And if her philosophy is like you know you do that best when you're faced with certain death it sort of makes sense that, all right, if when faced with certain death, these people throw throw me back, like, I have to respect that because she does respect when people foil her plans if, if, if in foiling it, they are ambitious enough. So I totally see it as like, yeah, look, if you can throw me back, I'll let you have the planet like that. You do you, man.
3: Yeah. At the same time, I feel like she's willing to sound reasonable because she's holding all the
0: cards in her head. Mm, so that's fair. Yeah, that's a good point. She's like, we, we've got a bomb, and if that, that doesn't work, I'm sending an army. So, uh, you know, it, I can be magnanimous here because I'm, I'm going to win either way.
1: I got some serious shit waiting in the wings there, buddy. Yep.
0: Yeah. So uh, Wax finds a little information. The rockets can travel 30 or 40 miles, and they were testing them on ships. That's why they built the Navy, so they could test the weapons out on the ocean.
1: And they didn't so he that shoves... the, weapons, the weapons they fired awakened an even greater evil, and that is how we get Godzilla. <laughs> Wouldn't that be just like a, a, a real turning point in the book? It's like you get to the end, like you got the armies fighting each other, and then all of a sudden fucking kaiju. I don't
0: know, just give uh give Twin Soul some more magic juice, and maybe he can make his thing uh kaiju. Ooh. <laughs> Crystal, Crystal kaiju. kaiju. Nice. Yeah. So he shoves some stuff in a duffel bag and uh, is gonna head out. And that's when he sees the guy who owns the liquor store like, oh, no, my my window. And he's like, I'm sorry, man, trying to prevent a catastrophe. And then he sees something and he, he, and he gives the guy money, to be fair. But he's like, wait a second. Is that a case of log shine? And I don't know. That we find out what log shine is. Uh, I think it's just a really good whiskey, right? So it's a beer. Yeah, it's a beer. Oh, in, beer. In, a short time later, he he ends up back where he left Wayne. Uh, Wayne had dealt with all the enemies in the actual warehouse and like he's even thinking like man storing health must be really hard on you especially like Wayne is not as young as he used to be and he holds up some bottles of log shine a beer brewed in the roughs is what he says best there was and Wayne's like where'd you find those I ain't had a bottle of log shine in years you really do care about me don't you
1: he tears up
0: and uh yeah so he says I think it's time we take a bit of a breather and Wayne says, can we afford that? And he's like, well, I, I need to dig through what I found anyway. And if we keep running into fights exhausted, we're going to get ourselves killed. So, you know, we'll, we'll chill for half an hour. And Wayne's like, all right, this
1: is, sounds awesome. But you're going to spend that half hour storing health, so you're still going to feel like shit. But he's going to get to drink some beer, so, you know. Yeah, true. Although apparently uh,
0: when he uses health, it burns away the alcohol uh, feeling. So if you're storing health, you might get drunk real fast. Which Wayne might be could might be good with that. That's a good point.
2: Yep. <laughs> it might help in this situation. Yeah.
0: Can't feel as sick. Uh, can't feel how sick I'm getting if I'm too drunk to pay attention. To <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So then we 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 go back to Marisai, who's making her way into the community. The title of an M Night Shyamalan movie. Wait, no, that's the village. Yeah.
3: Community a, is the course, is yeah. the place run by Chevy Chase.
0: <laughs> it's true. Only and for so, a few seasons. She's uh, she's just walking through. It's like everything seems weirdly normal in here. There's like couples holding hands. There's a guy working on a playground thing in his yard. Children eager for the swings to get connected. Uh, a man in white uniform delivering jars of food to each home humming to himself. It sounds like a milkman to me, but I guess maybe they have a guy who distributes all the food since you're not growing it. Or I don't know how this is how this is working. Exactly. It was all too peaceful, too normal. And there was no metal. So all the metal she has is what she's got. She's got a sack with glowing jars, some ammo, some explosives, bandages, cash, lockpicks. This is a nice a nice backpack they gave her. Or I guess it was Moonlight's backpack. But And so she's like, the Lord Mayor said he was going to the community. He must be in here somewhere. And people, then people start noticing her. And it's like, oh, uh, maybe this is not good. And then a woman comes out, fine gray-blue dress, short overcoat, long skirt, the style that had been popular a decade ago. And she's like, hurry inside. You've been seen by too many, dear. And so we find out we're going to find out that the, the main woman here is actually her cousin. They, they call it Steris's cousin because at the time she disappeared, like, I guess it it still wasn't known by many people that Marisai was actually Steris's half sister. And I guess we also don't know, like, which side this woman is a cousin to Steris on, because if it's her mom's side, then she's not a cousin to Marisai. But they're like they bring her in and they think that she is a survivor who's wandered into the caves from the outside, the world of Ash. I think they have to be related, right? Because isn't the lady's maiden name Harms? Oh, if it, you may be right. That would make sense. But I guess she doesn't know that they're related. <laughs> it's probably been years since she saw real food. Don't worry, we have plenty here. Just like the old days, you remember? says, like, what are you talking about? And so she explains that this place was built to protect them from the disaster, the Ash Falls returning. You must be so strong to have survived up there. And that's when she Marisai gets it. She, she assumed that the pictures of falling ash, the strange moving image, that it was all part of a plot to threaten the outside world. But no, it was a perpetrated against these people. The blonde woman says she's been down here seven years now. They lived in a smaller caverns originally, and then they were moved here. And when Marisai asks about the no metal, she's like, oh, well, I mean, obviously we don't have metal. The metal mutants can sense it. We only use a little aluminum to make the lights and the speakers for the public address system. So this is a, a hell of a story that they came up with to stop any of these people from using uh, their powers uh, or discovering even that they they have alimantic powers if they didn't know before. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable, even with all the extra. Well, but Marisai figures it's like, oh, so, you know, they let some of these in and then we are like, oh, these yeah, these metal mutants can sense the metal. See, they come in and. Attack us if we have that. So tell people a lie big enough, and some of them will believe it. Well, I mean, especially if you're giving them some kind of proof for it, which I guess they've tried to provide. So yeah, yeah, it's just it's. I guess it's
3: what they've known for years. Can you imagine like this? And I know she
0: mentions this, but when they figure out what actually is gonna, going on, it's going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, especially my my honestly my main concern is that we know that most of the people originally taken were women and so they could have also taken some men that nobody noticed but my more my greater concern is that maybe some of the men that these women have been marrying do know what's going on and that is going to hurt worse
1: i think that do i think she does say at one point that some men were abducted as well it yeah. wasn't just women it was predominantly women but but it wasn't entirely
0: And so they've uh, – they explained that they've been trying to fight Gabe Entrone on, like, his demands that they they can't go out and try to find survivors and bring them here. He says outsiders are too dangerous. Every once in a while, somebody comes in and tells them about how horrible things are outside. And so they've even gotten confirmation from, quote-unquote, survivors coming in randomly how terrible things are out there, a destroyed land full of terrible metal mutants, one of the women says. So when Mary says like no, like that's not right at all. Everyone's like, "Oh, she must have ash sickness." And Mary says like, "No, I mean those are actors brought in to prove his lies." And they're like, "Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, we understand." One woman says that she had three children in Bilming and she's like, "Do do do you know anything about it? Like are they okay? Did they survive?" And so then she explains that there was a random lottery. The scientists who discovered the impending eruptions realized they could only save a few. So there was a lottery that selected people, weighting it towards women of childbearing age, of course, and an, el- an emphasis on alimancers or those from Alimantic lines. We couldn't bring our families, the man said. We argued for it once we woke up here. But it, we felt the earth shake, and we knew. So those explosions down here uh, had some other effects that uh, helped. And the, the woman says uh, that she's a rioter. Armal Harms. Yep, there he goes. Marisai's distant cousin, Armal Harms. So there's a rioter, there's a lurcher, there's a soother. The man had two alamancer parents, but doesn't have powers himself. And so that's when Marisai figures out who these people are. She's like, I do know this blonde woman. There was a reason she was familiar. These are the people that Miles kidnapped seven years ago. So it's, it's been seven years since the first book at this point, is what we learned here. I, th- I thought it had been a little bit longer than that. but
1: I thought it had, because this is six years after Bands of Mourning, <laughs> yeah. but like I didn't think the first three books all happened in the space of a year. Right.
0: I think there were six months between maybe it was bands and the one before that, that we know shadows. for sure. Yeah. I don't know that we know how long it was between shadows and yeah. uh, hmm. the first one. Alloy of law. Sorry. It took me a second. So I guess if there was just another six months, then it would have been about that long.
1: I guess. Uh, I, th- I, th- I thought it was like a year between the first three each.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, she, she may just be rounding. It's like that it's about seven years, whatever. Yeah. I guess yeah. it's, I guess it's not that, that super important for some reason in my brain, it was 10 years since the start. And I feel like maybe that was mentioned somewhere in here. It's like what Wayne was like 10 years older than he used to be or something. I don't know. For yeah. some reason I was thinking 10. And so at the beginning of the next chapter, we find out that Ma- Marisai and Wayne had been, ser- or Marisai and Wayne, Marisai and Wax had been searching for these people for years on and off. So at least uh, he can retroactively say that uh, Jamie's concerns were not uh, – Wax was thinking about them. They had tried to find these people. They didn't just forget about them since the first book. But. It
2: makes me feel better. It's like Brandon didn't know what was going to happen with them. Did anyone care what happened with them or was it just <laughs> going to be this eternal mystery? I'm really glad. <laughs> yeah.
0: and I mean it, you know, he gets to say it now. It's like, oh, yeah, totally. We were totally looking for them all that time. We just never mentioned it. But I agree. It does make me feel a little bit better about it. And so it's like they've just been locked up in a bunker and convinced that the world had ended. Jeez. The playground the man had been building earlier suddenly took on a darker cast. Yes, these people didn't seem terrified their children would be taken. So the set wants to breed an army of Allomancers. These people have children, but I guess it hasn't been long enough. If it's only been seven years, then none of these children are old enough to be taken for an army yet. And that says like, wait, I know you. Armal Harms. And she's like, oh yeah, I wasn't Harms before I got married. And so she has to avoid, yeah, she's like, I'm Marisai, Steris's cousin. And she's like, Steris Is she? And Marisai's like, yeah, she's alive. They're all alive. Um, You've been lied to really terribly. The basin did not fall. And they're like, oh, ash sickness. It's okay. You're disoriented, seeing delusions, dear. And Marisai's like, I don't even have time to prove this to you guys now. I mean, I'll come back. We'll we'll figure this out. But right now I've got important stuff I got to be doing because, you know, there's an army on its way to destroy us all. So maybe priorities. But she does. She tells Armal, you were taken because they wanted Alamancers and they were willing to play the long game to get them. And she looks up where you can hear the feet of her children, which, yes, that's a horrifying thing to be told. You have to admit it's odd that you were kidnapped by a group of armed men during a robbery. It's like, I mean, well, they had to do that to avoid mass panic. Posing as a group of thieves? It worked in the words of founding. The survivor himself pretended to be a thief. Uh, Pretended. Uh, Nah,
3: that dude, that dude was a thief, bro. I hate to break (laughs) it to you, but uh, also, is that like a commonly held belief in this time that he pretended to be a thief? Like, I, I would imagine that the words of founding would have been pretty clear. It's like, no, he was a thief,
0: but he, you know, he was also a good man. Yeah, I wonder if it's just if it's one of those things where like. The the priests are interpreting it a little differently because they don't want to encourage being thieves. So it, it's it's one of things It's spelled out explicitly, but they're like, well, I, that's like a metaphor for, I don't know. But yeah, that that just made me laugh. Where it's like, yeah, the survivor pretended to be a thief. Maybe the story is that he was really pretending all along. Like through all that thieving, it was all for really just to get <laughs> to, the point to take great, down the Lord yeah. Ruler. Makes no sense at all. And so apparently they call their town Wayfarer, which is kind of a cool name for a town. But you hear over the speakers, a dangerous outsider has been spotted, slipping in through the tunnels. She's armed and very, very ash sick. So Gabe Entron has heard. Word has made it to him from the people who saw her that Marisai is in town. And Armel's just like, ah hell, we'll have to hide her. One of the women's like, do you have any weapons? Something we can use to overthrow Entrone? And Armel's like, we're not overthrowing him. Look, we just, we follow our plan. We sneak up to the surface, find survivors, bring them down. Really... I doubt that it's uh, it'll be easy for them to sneak up to the surface. Uh, it's probably very well guarded to prevent them from finding out the truth, but I like her plan. And says, just like, okay, where is the guy? And they're like, oh, he has a big mansion at the end of town. He- it's dangerous because he needs metals to work his devices. If the mutants ever invade, they'll go for him first. And is like, yeah, very brave of him, I'm sure. No doubt he has a nice tunnel to the surface, too. It's like you, you know about those walls, right? They have one-way glass. So they watch you. And they're like, oh, ash sickness. See, that's something that they could prove real fast. It's like, go break that glass over there and you'll see. <laughs> and someone's, or Armel's just like, why would you go to all the trouble of carrying fake credentials, creating a fake stamp for this year's date? And someone's like, yeah, I mean, she must have been really far gone. That's, that's really going far. It's like, in the horribly destroyed ash world above, she, like, created these credentials for herself.
3: Yeah, it's definitely not a lot. It doesn't make a lot of sense for them to believe it at that point. It's like she shows them a badge. She's like, oh, she just made that. She's really sick. It's like, (laughs) wait, what? Why would she do that? Being sick doesn't mean you would make fake credentials. Like, that doesn't make any sense.
0: And so she says, uh, you know, Marisai wants to fight back. And and Arm's like, we don't want violence. Also, we don't even have any weapons. And Marisai says, you are weapons. If only we could get you medals. That's why there's none down here. Right. Okay. And then she sees something in the way that Armel looks at her and the credentials. And she's like, You know, don't you? Or at least you suspect that what I'm saying is true. You've always known something was wrong. And Armel's like, I have a family, children, and a husband that I love. And Maris says, But if Entrone wins, then they're doomed to a life in darkness. And he's planning to take your children from you. We have to find metals so we can fight back. And one like, What do you want us to do? Lick rocks? Hoping there's some iron in there? Which, that's a callback to Alamancer Jack, I feel like, when he, like, licks yep, the cave yeah. walls and finds tin. <laughs>
3: it worked in the story I read.
0: <laughs> I don't think this
3: is working, guys. I've been licking a rock for, like, an hour, and all I have is a headache.
1: It's like, sec- sec- like Antron comes into the cave and says, all right, security, how are things going? It's like, uh, sir, they're all lined up against the far wall, licking the rocks. What?
3: Wait, what? <laughs> oh, those those bastards are trying to pull an Alamancer Jack. Quick, get them!
0: <laughs> that's it's it's called an Alamancer Jack when you lick a rock from that Oh gosh. Mary says, like idiot people. Uh, no, they're just scared. I'll I'll have to rescue them. This is my job. She's like, okay, just take me to Entron, I'll handle him. And she lifts her rucksack and hears freezes as she hears it clink. And that's the end of our section. So, predigments. Let's do what what's coming next. We're 73% of the way through this book, which means we're in prime like Sanderlanch get going territory
2: here. Yeah, we really are. And I feel like we get to this point in the book and I'm like, I have no idea what's (laughs) going to (laughs) happen. I would like to see that they manage to get some medals in these guys and, you know, they can, they can actually fight back. I think in uh, immediately, I think Wax and Wayne are probably going to get into some kind of battle pretty quickly now that they've had their little pit stop, rest stop, possibly goodbye to each other moment, which is, very sad. I still hope we flash back to Steris pretty soon. We didn't get any of her viewpoint. Oh, yeah, week. we didn't.
0: Eight chapters without um, her. That seems like a long time.
2: Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see where we pick things up with her. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how we're gonna we're gonna get through this. I think it's interesting that we were able to speak to autonomy or Wax was able to speak to autonomy. Mm. Keeping a close eye on things, where Shy pops out. You know, I think we still we still need to see Kelsey in person. So I think Dax under something there. If she can appear back in the hideout, Kelsey is there and can come in and help save the day. You know, maybe as much as I want Wax to be our misborn, maybe maybe Kelsey is our mistborn in the book, in the series. I don't know. We'll see how we go there. But I just yeah, I d I don't really have a, a lot. There's so many ways it could go at this point. I just I don't know where I want or think it should go.
0: You know, that's a good point that I don't I don't know that we talked about before was we like we were talking about the, the series is called Mistborn. There's got to be a Mistborn. And we, we saw Kelsier. We talked to Kelsier. He's a Mistborn.
2: Yeah, I want to I want to see a Mistborn in action, though. Mm. I think that's yeah. But I think now that we've actually spoken to Kelsier, we know he's around. I really would like him to still show up in the book somewhere. That would be that would be good.
0: Yeah, if all we got was like talking to him on the phone, basically, that would be a bit of a disappointment.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Is he still a misborn? Did he lose his powers when he died? Well,
0: he didn't have have his powers in Ghost World. We know that. We do not know what powers, if any, he has since returning to, like, you know, getting spiked into a mortal body or whatever. Hmm. I mean, presumably he has ferrochemical powers because we saw that memory that was from his perspective. Uh, the yeah, wax yeah. wax saw at the end of the last book, which I don't know how you would get that if you weren't in Kelsier's head and like saving a memory from Kelsier's head, right? Like,
1: where else could that come from? Is that what the spike was for to give him specifically the cop mind power, and he brought back his alamantic ones? Or, but he supposedly made the bands of mourning, and the bands of
0: mourning had all the powers. So, hmm, true, confusing.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's so many. There's so many avenues to consider. Yeah, it's stressful. <laughs>
0: well, we're only four episodes from the end of the book, so uh, you know. Oh my God. God, you won't have to be stressed for very long. And honestly, in a way, okay. we're gonna hit the end of the book in three episodes because one episode is all epilogues. Oh
3: wow!
1: Because there's seven epilogues, epilogues in oh. this book. So. Whoa. Oh my gosh! Well, there you go. Uh, oh, and we're doing t- we're doing two episodes next weekend. Yep.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: Uh, ah, so that'll we'll be, be a mean
0: place to leave it for a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Well, no, that's not true because you'll get to read everything but the epilogue. So no, that'll actually the be in, yeah, yeah, no, that won't be, we'll be so bad. it
3: right. will be all
0: right, huh? Well, you know, I'm
3: gonna stick with my predicament that or Wayne is going to 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 either perish or fake his death. One or the other. Okay. Uh, I've been I've been kind of hoeing that holding that row or whatever whatever the expression is since uh since near the beginning of the book. So. And I, I don't know, I think I talked about this last time, like I don't know if we're going to see this army or not. It seems kind of anticlimactic if we don't, but also how much could we really get into with the army of Red and Gold without them all of a sudden being made moot in some way? So I'm trying to figure out like how that would, how that would happen. Even if you have this giant group of people who have allomancy in the community, how do they stop an army Mm-hmm. Or whose job is it to stop the army, you know, at that point. So like I, I don't know. I'm very very concerned about how that's going to play out. You know, if if uh if the third book in the original Mistborn era is any indication, there was a lot of death in that book. So yep. there could be a lot of death in this book. I don't know. You know, that's all still really up in the air because the stakes are obviously very high, but you you don't have the constant Sight, like and everybody is not aware that the world is coming to an end unlike in the last end of the Mistborn era one where it's like everybody was like oh yeah no our planet is is like ash is everywhere but yeah it's pretty obvious there is pretty obvious bad stuff's going on and we're gonna we're all gonna die and so there's so many people unaware of the stakes at this point that it's just it's unclear to me kind of what what could really happen and you know, does does everybody continue to stay unaware at the end of the book? Do we save the world and nobody and like very few people knew that there was even a risk mm-hmm. uh, that the world was going to end? And so I'm I'm just curious as to where where we're going to land on that, what, which way Brandon's going to take it. I, I really don't know. But I will say that I think I think Wayne will like I said, either die or fake his death. I think Wax will survive and uh maybe marisai will go with the ghost hunters or whatever they're called ghost bloods ghost hunters Kelsier could show up i hope Kelsier does show up but i hope he doesn't i hope Kelsier shows up and like he's he's not needed you know what i mean like he just shows up and he's like oh you guys took care of it good job i think that would almost be more fitting because it's like you're passing the torch it's like no they got this which i mean his his people specifically are are protecting Skatrial, the planet. So I guess he's not leaving it up to them. So that's probably not the way it's going to go because he's like, no, I, this is my job. I protect this planet, but whatever we'll see, I guess. Also for a guy who leads the protectors of Skatrial, he seems extremely uninformed about what's going on. So that's unfortunate. (laughs) And uh, so that's kind of where we, where I'm landing. I mean, there's still a lot of unknowns, so I, I don't really have a way to form any predicaments outside of the ones that I've already made. So,
0: okay. Well that's fair. Yeah, you've uh you, you you've been on uh something's gonna happen to Wayne uh for a good while. Yeah, I think you were the first one to, to predict that. So good good to know you're sticking to your guns there. When when it turns out to be wax, you're gonna be very disappointed. That would be a bummer, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that it won't be wax dying that makes you sad. It'll be the fact that you misguessed who was going to die.
3: No, I mean when I said bu- yeah, when I said it would be a bummer, I did mean like it would be a bummer that Wax
1: died, not that I was wrong. I don't really <laughs> I don't really care about that. <laughs> okay, so I've got two. And I took extra care this week to make sure it was actually about the main characters, since I've just spent so many weeks not focusing on them and in predicaments at all. So I keep thinking about how Entrone and the set and Ed One would try and do this whole oh history has repeated with you know the the ash falling and everything, and now uh, Marisol's found the community who they've brainwashed into believing that. And I thought, you know, it'd be fun if these guys were part of a different a different part of history repeating itself. So I think after she exposes Entron's line Entron's lies and the community just tears him apart, they decide to follow her. And so then she just arrives at the final battle with an army of unexpected alamances, just like in Hero of Ages. I thought that would be fucking hilarious. Oh, that's that's awesome actually, yeah. Yeah. So that was just a fun little one. My big prediction this week, there was a moment when Wax was flying around chasing the trucks and you know, he thinks about how, you know, he doesn't need this anymore. He doesn't need this to feel fulfilled, and it's meant to be a, a nice heartwarming thing showing how much he's grown. And he mentions like, you know, I I, I can just go like for Happy flights through the air, and I can bring Max with me and everything. And I just thought, man, Max was like everywhere in the opening chapters, and we were all predicting he was going to play a big part. And he, we've barely seen him since because you know they sent him out of the city and evacuated him, which makes sense. But I thought, I really feel like that for so much focus, he's really just dropped off the radar. And now I'm thinking mm-hmm. to myself, maybe that's maybe that's intentional, and Max is coming back. I th- I actually think that so. Last time I sort of predicted that Admiral Dahl is actually secretly an autonomy agent himself. And we know now that the perpendicularity for the planet is down in the south. I think Dahl might actually have control of it and he's he's there waiting to allow the army through with the mm-hmm. agreement that, like, you know, the army spares the Malwish and then, or at least, you know, the Malwish that he wants to survive. And, uh, and, he, and he gets to direct the army from there to attack all of his enemies and that's what he needs the bands for or something. He's like, look, I've got the weapon of the gods. That means I'm worthy to control this army. And I feel like his insurance policy is on his way back down south, he's kidnapped Max and is taking him to the front line as sort of just, you know, when, if if and when Wax solves the problems going on up north and he comes down to try and stop the army from coming through, Dahl has Max with him like to just try and tell Wax to back off. And then further building on that after Wax's little conversation with Autonomy here, and, she, and Autonomy's talking about, oh, when you're faced with death, that is when you know your true powers, like, your, your true potential comes through, and it's so, like, well, he's not being faced with his own death, he might be being faced with the death of his son, and that's when he achieves his full potential, and he goes Mistborn, like we've been hoping for throughout this entire book. Mm. So, yeah, wow. I just think Max Max has to play a part later in the book, because of how much focus he got early on. And I think Dahl might be the key to that. And then it ties into, yeah, Wax going misborn like we were hoping.
0: Interesting. I, I, I like the part about M- Wax, you know, having, uh, being so scared for his child or whatever, that he goes super Saiyan and takes out the bad guys. And it, it's awesome. I don't like the part where they kidnap Max. I, I don't approve.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't like it, but <laughs> there are plenty of things that happen in fiction, in stories. And I was like, well, I don't like that, but it's a thing that happened. Like if, Things that happened in books that you didn't like didn't happen. Then books just wouldn't exist. There'd be no story. No,
3: that's true. Well, didn't you know, Dak, that that's that's how people are now? You know, it's like if if the story doesn't go the way they want it,
0: they're like, "Well, cancel that story. It's not good." Uh, mm. <laughs> yep. Only happy stories that that go the way I want. That's that's what I'm signing up for.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's I'm, I'm all down for a story where things go pleasantly. Like, I think some someone said, I want to write a fantasy story where Sean Bean has a really nice day. <laughs> <laughs> they drew, uh, there was just a picture of Ned Stark holding a kitten and eating an ice cream going, yes, this has been quite pleasant. <laughs> but it's but it like, that'd be a nice story. It probably wouldn't be a very compelling one.
0: No. Which ice cream should I order? Who knows? Be, <laughs> it's an episode of Bluey. And, <laughs> the uh, I, I,
1: Oh, man, like, I would... Okay, I take it back. I generally would like to just watch an episode of Sean Bean sitting on the couch watching Bluey for half an hour. He's like, I don't understand this show, but I like it. (laughs) And people say my accent's hard to understand. (laughs) What's a bin chicken? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay.
0: We would have... So if... If your theory is right, he he kidnapped Wax's kid. Who knows how he found him because he'd already, you know, Sarah had already sent them out of town. But, look, you know, he, he, he's a resourceful admiral guy, right? He can find him. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he kidnaps the kid, takes him to the south. That means that we're going to have to go a long way from where we currently are uh, in the next, like, three episodes to finish this book out. But yeah. it is the Sanderlanch, and those things have been known to happen.
1: It, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like in True Lies spoilers if you haven't seen true lies but you should it's you know he gets to the end he saves his wife the nuclear bombs have been well most of them have been found and everything They think all right that's it everything's like saved and then someone says uh oh, the bad guy kidnapped your daughter he's like
0: shit yeah. i i that, I'd totally forgotten that that does happen in true lies which is uh it's one of the things where you're like the movie's over no it's not yeah yeah jamie lee curtis arnold schwarzenegger it happens in bad boys too except not with their kid it's like Yay, movie's over. Nope, your sister got kidnapped. Damn it. And now we have to do a few. Okay. So yeah, this is uh, this is compelling. If if Jamie is right and Wax is going to turn out to be a misborn, it feels like we would need that kind of dramatic reveal, right? We would need that moment where things are so dark that this is the only way out. And Wax takes out the do not drink this until an emergency vial or whatever it said and downs yeah, it yeah. and shit goes
1: off. And just like, but it would also just be a really nice way of taking what autonomy said about this is when your potential gets unlocked and be like sort of proving it true, but also completely subverting the selfish aspect mm. of it saying, well, it's not his own death. He's being faced with it's, you know, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice way of just skewing autonomy's viewpoint there. It's yeah,
0: a good point we could do now that now that you got me thinking about that we could do the same for almost any character although wax is the one who hears that speech but i was gonna say you know like wayne steris marisai anybody could end up in that same like either their own death or somebody else's death and that's when their true potential comes out but i guess it wouldn't be as dramatic if it wasn't Wax who got to hear that speech
1: yeah true that said though like if like We keep talking about Wayne possibly dying. I think if he does, I feel like it would be just an act of pure selflessness that he would do it because, like, you know, I've gone on at length about about Wayne in the in in the past few books and how like a lot of his actions are sort of self-driven, even if he dresses them up a bit. So it would, if he were to die, I could totally see it being like the 100% sacrificing his life to save a child. So he could, you know, die trying to save Max. I could totally see that happening. Yeah. Okay.
0: I think that you've got some interesting possibilities opened up there. Yeah. I guess we, we will find out before long. So uh, speaking of, for next time, I'll go ahead and throw this out. We are going to read seven more chapters, 58 through 64. And as uh, as was mentioned a little while ago, we're going to record our next two kind of back to back because I'm going to be in Paris for a week. So we will uh, we will quickly move on to another six chapters after that. But... For everyone else, hopefully, the uh, it'll be seamless. In the meantime, let us move to emails and such. And we have uh, we've got a couple emails that I want to read, and one of them we can finally read. We've had it since when did this come in? November seventeenth is when a person said. Oh my this god! And it's it has a large section that says wow. spoilers for chapter fifty five, which we've just read <laughs> chapter fifty five, so we can finally
3: keep in do mind this email. November seventeenth was.
0: Like the week the book came out. Yeah. <laughs> so this one is from Tom. Tom says, Hey, Sander crew. I meant to do this a lot more, but I am weak. I can't hold myself back from tearing through this book. I don't know how you all do this every week. The only reason I haven't finished the book yet is because I'm listening in audio format. And there aren't enough hours in the day for me to get further into it without affecting my work or sleep schedule. I was tempted to speed up the narration a bit on my audiobook last night, but I'm not a fan of how unnatural it sounds, and I feel like I miss a lot of crucial details. Just pause there for a second. I can't keep track of audiobooks at normal speed. I can't imagine the people who do it at, like, double speed or whatever. Uh, He says, anyway, it feels like the Lance is starting to get underway now, and I thought I'd participate in some predicaments. I don't know if you will want to share this with the crew when you reach this point. I also don't know how far into the book you've gotten yet since you're doing the Patreon recordings. So I'm going to give a big old spoiler warning for anything prior to chapter 55 from this point on So chapter 55 spoilers. We can finally read. I'm getting some serious cold war setup vibes from this book. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I hope Sanderson does something unique with it. I feel like I've seen the whole magic equals nuclear weapons, tropes trope a few too many times looking at you, Cora spirit vine weapons. Okay. That's true. Uh, while I think there is some in, something interesting and fundamentally human about our ingenuity bringing about technologies that will bring about our demise, I guess I just hope it doesn't become a roadmap, a remap of the Cold War conflict in the next era of Mistborn. I believe that next era, if memory serves, is supposed to be 80s-esque in technology, which if we're doing a Cold War would feel a bit on the nose. That's true. I hadn't thought of that, but I guess we'll see. I mean, I agree with him that at this point it feels like we may be moving towards a Cold War situation. He goes on. So with that in mind, I want to put forward my predicaments, hoping that I'm not completely right or that Sanderson does things slightly differently than the way I've outlined. Don't get me wrong. I will read the heck out of the next series regardless, and I'll definitely enjoy it like I've enjoyed his other works. I just hope it doesn't turn out exactly how I've predicted it. I see the end of this series turning into an analog of the Second World War. The autonomy army slash set would be like the Axis powers and then the Elantrians, Skadrians and the Southern Skadrians begrudgingly end up teaming up against them once the worldwide threat becomes clear, very similar to the uneasy alliance between the U.S. and the USSR against the Axis powers in World War II. I feel like that's that's cutting out a lot of the other allies when you say that, but, you know, keep moving. Uh, the new Harmonium-slash-Trellium bombs will be instrumental in defeating the invaders, but the Southern Skadrians will see the technology as an existential threat, and they'll begin working on their own version of the technology. That combined with the threat of the reinvested bands and superior airship technology would be the source of power behind their threat of mutually assured destruction. I don't have any more specifics than that, but I could totally see this playing out that way. I guess my predictions are vague enough that Sanderson could make them fit his story and still do something that makes it feel unique and different. Also, after Wayne's self-loathing monologue to Not Him and Not Wax, he is totally not making it out of this book. It's a shame, really. I think he might be onto something with his investment ideas. The Noseball Club sounds intriguing, at least. So far, I think Sanderson has done a good job in this book to hang a lantern on the problematic aspects of Wayne's quirks. I don't know how he plans on resolving the character, but I suspect he is not going to make it out of the book. And then there's a bit of spoiler uh, for stuff we haven't read that I won't go into, but he does say that he thinks that something later will be undercut severely if we read this book first. And so he thinks that we should not read this book right away. But I was also one of those people who thought that reading secret history before bands of mourning was not the right move. You know, your friends best wasn't to the time of next Tom. So there's a lot in there. Yeah. Chock full of chock full of uh, opinion. Yeah. I don't, uh, the, the cold war thing is interesting. Mm. Once again, I don't know that I feel like we have enough space in the book for like, the two countries to team up against an army together. But once again, it's the Lanch sh- crazy shit that you, we, we always think there's no way that this can all get wrapped up in time. And then somehow it does. I don't know why you, why, you, why are you using this wee crap? We all know you've read the book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, any other, anybody else have thoughts on any of that?
2: Well, thank you for sharing your predictions as well. And yeah. for waiting so long for us to <laughs> yeah. get to them. Uh, yeah. Pretty cool to hear other people's thoughts. And yeah, good job getting through the audio book.
0: Uh, okay. Thank you, Tom. We also have an email from Peter that I've been holding on to for a while. And it's very short, but you'll see why. Uh, this one came in December 13th. So still a good while ago. It says Hi, everyone. I'm sure by now you've come across Moonlight. Psst, it's shy. Just want to make a couple points about her name. It could be a <laughs> reference to the Moon Scepter that Hoyd stole from her. Perhaps more interestingly, it could be a dig at the people of Skadriel since they have no moon, and no one here will know what moonlight is or have even heard the word moon. Anyway, carry on as you were from Peter. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that that was what it was that she got stole from her. Yep. It would be funny if that was like her message to like Hoid. It's like, yeah, moonlight. Uh Uh-huh. I'm coming for you. Oh, no. The moon. The moon is coming for me. (laughs) 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 What's the moon going to do? Let's see. OK, we got a couple more emails that we can read. These these ones are actually newer that came in recently. So the first one is from Jacob. It says, hey, Data, Jamie, Joe and Dak, new listener from the UK here. I found your podcast about the time I finished Lost Metal and have to say that I'm a big fan of the show. I've been a fan of the books for a while and always happy to hear new perspectives on them. I'm just coming up to the end of your reactions to Hero of Ages and can't wait for the reveal that spook becomes king.
1: Also, for oh, finally- oh, man, you are in for a treat. <laughs>
0: yeah, what a reveal that was. <laughs> I feel
1: I
3: feel
0: like while while people did have reactions to that, it wasn't as uh, as angry as a lot of people were expecting and maybe hoping for.
3: Well, here's the thing, man. When when Brandon keeps shoving it further into the ridiculousness with that character, it's like now I just expect it. Next thing you're gonna tell me is that Spook uh, was. He's actually uh, Viking Pope. Like that's what you're gonna tell me next. <laughs> and I'm just
0: and I'm just gonna be like, yeah,
3: I guess that's uh, I guess that's true.
0: <laughs> I guess that's true. You're just I'm not gonna fight it. Just okay. Yeah,
3: Viking Pope. Sure. All right.
0: Um. Also, for when it finally clicks who Hoyt is. I mean, he's Hoyd, But yeah, yeah, we did kind of figure out that yeah. he kept showing up. I mean,
3: well, I guess he's farther back. I was like, yeah. I mean, he is. He's Hoyt. That's his name.
0: Yeah, we don't really get to the fact that he is the same guy showing up over and over again until at least Secret History. So I guess that is a little bit. Oh. Uh, yeah,
3: because
1: even in Secret History, I just called him Sexy Drifter. I hadn't put it together yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now he, sh- he showed up by name in Final Empire, Hero of Ages, and Elantris. Yep. And then year two. By year two, we we we'd cottoned on, but um. Yeah.
0: Yeah, w- within the first era, Jamie had the theory that there's just like a bunch of Hoids out there, and uh, they have the Hoyt Academy or whatever. <laughs> the Hoyd Academy. It's
2: just, just the, the equivalent name of David or something. It's just it's everywhere.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, you know, uh, now they got Hoyt swag boxes. He's all over the place.
0: That's true. I got a Hoyt pin on my pin board. Yeah. I had a
1: really stupid dream like once, way back when we were talking about you know the Hoyt Academy, and it's just like. And I'm only reminded of it now because we've been watching so much Finding Nemo lately, but um, I just imagine like, you've got this room full of guys, and they're all just saying hoid like the seagulls say mine. <laughs> <laughs> hoid. Hoid. Hoid.
3: Hoid.
1: Hoid. 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 Hoid.
3: Hoid.
1: Hoid. Oh,
0: gosh. Uh, okay, so Jacob says, thanks for making my boring office job more fun. I'll let you know when I've binge listened enough that I've actually caught up. P.S. Data. Wondering when you're planning on getting to the Stormlight books. They're my favorite ones, so looking forward to everyone's thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Now, at, at this point, the number of Cosmere books that we have, or Cosmere stuff that we have, that's not Stormlight is getting real small. We've got Warbreaker. We're, War we're going to do White Sand next. I've talked about that. Warbreaker yeah. was what I put out that maybe we would do if we weren't doing Lost Metal right away, so that's also coming up. There's a short story, there's Shadows for Silence in the Forest of Hell, and there is Tress of the Emerald Sea, and I think that may be it. Hmm. So that's now, like, now
1: the short stories? Uh,
0: I don't think there's any other Cosmere shorts that we haven't read. Interesting. Wow. So, so – Well, except and, for Stormlight. There's several Stormlight short
3: stories. Well, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Right. And I know that you may not have made this decision yet, but have you decided –
0: Would we read – would Tress be something we would read before getting into Stormlight, or would we have to wait? I think that probably Tress will be one of those things that after we've read a Stormlight book or two, I'll be like, do you guys want a break from Stormlight? We can go read this and then come back if you're feeling, like, Stormlighted out, or we can just – if you're like, i got to know what happens next, we can move right into the next one. I think that's probably where Tress is going to end up in the plan. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. But yeah, so –
1: The other sacred projects as well.
0: Right, which... like yeah, we don't know what's gonna uh, what's gonna come yeah. to them. They may they may try to slip in before that, uh, depending on after I read them, what
1: uh, I mean, where, where they feel like they go. How many episodes do you estimate Warbreaker would take?
0: Uh, I have that charted out. One second. Warbreaker is going to be fifteen episodes. Okay, and White Sand. White Sand. My plan at the moment is that we will start reading the prologue and three chapters, and then we'll do three chapters each time, which will be like two episodes each each book there's three three graphic novels combined together into the omnibus for white sand
1: okay so like six each one has then.
0: yeah each one has six chapters so it'll be two episodes per book but my plan was w- we're gonna do those first three and then we'll see is this a good length for an episode so it may be shorter longer than that after we've done the first one or two but that's my tentative plan of six episodes
1: Okay, but yes, estimating we did White Sand and Warbreaker, that's like 21 weeks, that's half a year already, in which mm-hmm. case like a couple of other of the Seeker projects will have come out by that point and you'll have read them, so you'll be able to judge by the time we get to the end of Warbreaker, assuming yep. that we did those two back-to-back.
0: Yep, and I am as eager as anyone for us to get the Stormlight, but at the same time, I want to get there with the correct knowledge base that uh, we should have going into that, so... It's not a situation where I'm like, ah, hey, we'll, we'll throw War, War, Warbreaker back because I really want to get into Way of Kings. There, there's a reason that I planned out the order that I planned out to begin with, and I'm gonna stick to that. Uh, I mean, as best I can. Obviously, White Sand ended up way different than where it was, and I think after we read White Sand, then you guys will understand why I wanted to do it before we did Era Two. But you know, mm, okay. we weren't given yeah. that option, <laughs> so uh, let's see. Back to oh that was the, that was the end of his email and we have one more from Talon. Hi, I recently found your podcast this year and I'm already up to bands of mourning. I had to skip Elantris because I couldn't get the book. I'm planning to go back when I read it anyway. Love your podcast, sincerely. And then they sent a follow up email that was like, hi, also I would like you guys to play the tabletop Mistborn games. Uh, that would be difficult. Yeah. Simply because, you know, we're
3: in countries across the world from each other. That I don't know that that's something that's super feasible for
0: us. I mean,
1: yeah, theoretically,
0: I mean, maybe we could, like, try to use Tabletop Simulator. I don't know if they have the Mistborn game in there, but that would even be difficult because we'd need, you know, when, computers that can run that.
1: When the lockdowns first started for COVID, um, a couple of friends of ours, we started playing, we went up playing Pandemic. Uh, ironically over, those, <laughs> uh, over we, we we played it over zoom but the way we did it it's like we both had a copy of the game like mm-hmm. like so So it was us and another couple that we're friends with we both had a copy of the game so we wound up we each on our end set the board up and like our, our side we controlled the cards and then on their side we just we just said okay you need to put the cubes down on these cities so they were able to follow along and we were playing the same game and we just had two identical boards set up on either on either end and we were just calling out directions so it's like that's it's possible to do yeah but uh then we get the time zone factor which sometimes it's hard enough to record an episode yeah as the last few weeks have been evidence of (laughs) right
0: so yeah i mean it's something that we could try. I mean, I own the the Mistborn board game. The Misborn House War is what it's called, and the expansion. And I've never actually been able to play the expansion because nobody I played with really enjoyed the game. And I don't <laughs> remember if we talked about. I don't remember if we talked about that on the show before. But it's Mistborn House War is a game where you are playing one of the great houses in Luthadel, sure. and so everybody's one of the great houses, and you're in competition with each other to try to gain favor with the lord ruler and to try to stop the ska uprising so you're trying to overcome problems and the characters from the book are the problems it's like clubs it is what you have to have to overcome him and so on and so forth and so the people that i know that i've played games with who actually knew mistborn and liked it they're like but i don't want to be like the bad guys and then other people <laughs> who didn't know mistborn when we actually played the game it's the game is based like it's very difficult for one person to overcome any problems with their own resources so you're supposed to have to wheel and deal with each other to like we I want to overcome this problem so if you give me this many resource of this resource I'll do this for you or blah 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 you get this much of the credit basically because overcoming each problem gets you cred with the lord ruler favor you get favor tokens that say you're this much in favor with the lord ruler for overcoming this problem so you're like hey if you help me do this you'll get this much of the favor for this many whatever and so you're supposed to be negotiating with each other but the thing is the game can also end With the Uprising winning, when the VIN card comes up, the game is over, essentially. And depending on how everything is, either the Lord Ruler stays in control, and whoever has the most favor with the Lord Ruler is the winner, because you're closest to the Lord Ruler and he uh, is still the God King. Or if the Ska Uprising is successful, then whoever has the most disfavor or the least favor with the Lord Ruler actually wins, because your house has distanced themselves from the Lord Ruler enough that they don't fall when the Lord Ruler falls. And that's weird, man. The 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 problem comes when somebody at the table figures out that it's very easy to get disfavor by just not helping anybody. And then everyone starts failing everything, and then everyone is suddenly competing to have the most disfavor and the game the the whole point of the game is the negotiation. And then nobody's negotiating because you don't want to succeed at overcoming any of the obstacles. And so it if everyone is not really on board with we want to with trying to play the game like it's intended to be played. It's very very easy to break by just being like, nah, I'm not gonna do anything, and then it's not any fun. And I definitely have had somebody in my group that was immediately spotted that and was like, yep, I'm doing that. And once everybody else realizes what they're doing, everybody has to do the same thing. And so it was not uh, it, it was not the be- the most fun. And I'm hoping they may have fixed that with the expansion, but nobody wanted to play <laughs> the expansion because nobody liked the game. So honestly, the. Uh, ah. Call to Adventure, the Stormlight Archive, is a much more fun Cosmere game, and if we were going to play a game, I think that is the one that I would try to get us to play, because it's actually a lot of fun. That was that was the point of, the, of that whole thing that I went through, was that there's another sure. game out there, and it's better.
3: Well, what what house did you like to
0: play as when you played? Um, I don't even remember. They all have, like, specialties. Like, I think House Hastings had, like, weapons, and there was food, and House Venture has, like, Adium resources and stuff like that. So it... Uh, we only played once or twice, and it's been a while now, so I don't even remember that well. Yeah, but yeah, so I don't know that I see us playing the Mistborn game uh, as uh, as so, as Talon was suggesting, but I could see us trying to play some. Uh, I, there's also the tabletop role playing game, which is supposed to be pretty good, and uh, maybe that's what they meant when they said the tabletop Mistborn games, because I wouldn't mind trying to like a. Uh, uh, an RPG session with the Misborn thing. I think that people might enjoy that. Uh, they even have, you know, different era setups where you can do era one or era two uh, characters and stuff. So that could be fun. And that was when we first were talking about doing a Patreon. That was my first thought as a potential extra was like, maybe we'll set up like, uh, we'll record like a, a, an RPG session and put that out there. But as Dak mentioned, it's hard enough to get every week an episode recorded, let alone setting up a time to record a whole other thing. So, uh, yeah, I don't know that we will be able to do that ever, but I think that the Stormlight game is probably the one that I see the most, and we'd probably do it like Dak suggests, where I get a, I get them a copy and we can do it at the same time on both ends, uh, because that's, that's also uh, a game that's available and that's not hard to learn and uh, would require a lot less work ahead of time than, like, any RPG does, where you gotta, you know, create characters and all that, so, anyway... Those are our emails. We're actually – the the inbox is clear for the first time since November when we got that email that I've been saving since then. So Yay. thank you everyone who sent emails. If you'd like to send an email, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Facebook and Patreon where I am up to – what are we up to? This week – the last one to come out was chapters 25 through 28 of Tress of the Emerald Sea. So – For anyone wanting to hear my reactions to that, since it'll probably be a little while before we get to it on the show, that is what's going up on our Patreon. Like I said, we're doing seven. I said seven, right? Yeah, seven more chapters for next time. Fifty eight through sixty four. Music by Miracle of Sound. That's important to get in there. So yeah, if you're following along, we are approaching the end of this book. Uh, Hopefully you guys uh, have enjoyed this as much as we have. uh, I, I quite like this book. I don't know where I'd put it if I was trying to rate them in comparison with all the other Missborn books. But, you know, we're moving into Sanderland's territory. Things are about to get dramatic. So come back next time for uh, – to, to see where that goes. Yep. Thank you to everyone who emailed, who hangs out on the Discord. If you're interested in joining the Discord, there's a link on our website. Thank you to all our patrons, everybody who's listening, and watching to the time of next. Colo.